Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sexy Lifestyle Podcast. We are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sitting in for Carol and David. We are a sexual health education and guidance center where you learn to educate, enlighten, and evolve your intimacy. Are you ready to spice up your sex life? Well, you've come to the right place because that is what the sexy lifestyle is all about. We are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be by discussing everything about relationships, sexual health, sex, intimacy, and pleasure. We love discussing the naughty, the taboo, and the unknown with our top experts in the industry and hope that our conversations will open up your dialogue for great sex. Because great sex matters and we all deserve it. All right. But as we do every show, we want to take a minute to tell you about our must-have top waterproof blanket, which now comes in four reversible colors because nobody wants to sleep in that wet spot and squirt is hot until it's not. So if you're fed up with sleeping in that wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils, silicone lubes, and all other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer, and it comes out looking like brand new. And now we have a new sexy pink and blue reversible blanket, both colors representing the ribbons supporting breast cancer and prostate cancer. And to support the cause, we'll donate $5 from each blanket sold to a charity that helps cancer survivors get back in the sack. Because great sex matters and cancer survivors deserve it too and you don't have to leave your house to get one simply go to amazon and search top waterproof blanket that's t-o-p waterproof blanket and order yours today great sex starts now so you've decided to open your relationship with your your primary partner but you don't know where to start right so first let's talk about some relationship dynamics and their titles just gonna go over three the broad three. The first one is swinging, and that is when it's more sexual-based and partners share each other sexually. There's the primary couple. Polyamory has so many different levels to it, but in general, polyamory is where you share yourself or your partner with multiple people um, in a more emotional attachment, more loving way. And then non-monogamy, some people have been in non-monogamy and not known about it because their partners were dishonest with them. But ethical non-monogamy is when everybody knows what's going on and everybody is okay with an open style relationship, regardless, and that depends on their different dynamics of it. All of these together, all of this together is known as the lifestyle. So when you hear us say the lifestyle tonight, you know it's gonna be one of those three broad strokes, right? So how do you know if the lifestyle is right for you? Right? I mean, that's a great question. Well, there's really no one right way or one answer. For many, you must accept the fact that turn-ons and mistakes, they're going to be made along the way. It's not, This is not a full, a foul-proof. Is that the best way to say it? A foul-proof? Mm, yeah, I guess. This is not a foul-proof. Mistake-proof. Yeah. Error-proof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, your journey is going to have, it's going to be a roller coaster sometimes. And sometimes it comes to a complete halt and sometimes it speeds down the roller coaster faster. We can't cram 
a thorough guide into a one hour podcast, guys. But what we can do is get your wheels turning and talk about the topics that will come up that many people like to shy away from. All right, so how do you get, how do you decide on the nitty gritty details? What are the different approaches and components of the lifestyle? Well, in tonight's show, we will be discussing the different ways that you can approach this phase of your relationship and design your relationship in a way that fits your needs and your desires. In this episode, we're going to discuss designing your relationship by creating an outline that reflects your personal values, needs, desires, goals, and commitment values. Then we're going to talk about the difference between boundaries, agreements, and rules, because all three are different, and how you can create them for your relationship, uh, structure them in the way that works for you and your partner. We will also be discussing those really hard questions and ideas that both embarrass people and Mm. bring some shame to them as well. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But before we design your alternative relationship, I would like for you to take a second, go grab something to write down, something to write with, or download this episode for later. But first, let's take a quick commercial break and then we're going to dive right in. Ladies, are you ready to take your intimacy to the next level? Head over to EvolveYourIntimacy.com to learn more about intimacy, relationships, and sex counseling. And gentlemen, do you need a little bit more? Head over to our website to learn tips on how to communicate with that special someone and ignite that flame. If you enjoy our content and guests and would like to help us grow, go to our website, EvolveYourIntimacy.com to follow, like, subscribe, and comment on all of our social media accounts. Now, let's get back to the show. And we are back. This is Fox with the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and we're talking about how you can structure your relationship in a way that fits your needs, desires, and wants without society or others having any type of opinion or authority over it. Now, I'm going to fix that because they can have an opinion about it. Absolutely. You just don't provide them the authority over it. Yeah. So, quick backstory about Stephanie and I. Um, I've been in monogamy uh, since I was 18. I have been in almost every aspect of alternative relationships uh, because that's what you call that added with kink and a bunch of other uh, style relationships as a whole. Anything that's non-societally regular, right? I've been a swinger. I've 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 been in a triad or a thruple with polyamory. I've been a single male um, for a while that was just a boyfriend to many different wives, etc. And so I've been in this journey for about 24 years. And when Stephanie and I met, right, Mm -hmm. uh, I found out that she was a unicorn. But I'm going to let her tell her story. Um, And I asked her recently, I said, so how long did we date monogamously? Monogamously? (laughs) Monogamously. What the hell? I said, yeah, that happens too. It's okay. and she, I, without a blink of an eye, she looked at me and she goes, eight weeks. Uh, like, I knew on a dime, <laughs> dime. eight weeks. She's like, because you made me wait six weeks before you had sex with me. And then two weeks later, <laughs> he throws me into an, an un, air quotes, unplanned not. orgy, Absolutely air not. quotes. That's not how it went. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not the one that started having people make out in the pool and get naked. Anyway, <clears> well, my journey know. started when I was 22, as what I find out now as a unicorn. Um, I didn't know that until you told me. Uh, what it really was is I was sleeping with some couples. Uh, I was on and off with them between monogamous relationships. So if I was in a monogamous relationship, I wasn't sleeping with the couples. But if we broke up, I'd go back to them. Yeah, our relationship went from zero to hero, zero real quick. to hero real quick. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. <coughs> yeah. 
Uh, so what we're going to do tonight is we have um, really three different segments where Stephanie and I are going to ask each other very open-ended questions and just let each other go, right? Um, we're going to talk under both our therapeutic and personal lens uh, based off of what <clears throat> we believe professionally and personally. And hopefully that that you know will help those of you listening uh, create a guide for yourself, okay? Take notes. Yeah. So real quick too, the reason why this is so different is because you're actually listening to licensed and certified mental health professionals that are also in the lifestyle. Absolutely. That help teach the lifestyle um, on an ethical and medically ethical level. So it's, it's a very different type of show before before you ask yourself, oh my gosh, another couple that's just talking about nonsense, right? Let's see how you do, babe. I'm, I'm ready. All right, so why do people get into alternative relationships in the first place? So... People sitting in my office who think that they want to be part of a non-monogamous relationship usually are coming into it to try to fix their, their, their marriage or their relationship. And we have to clarify that real quick. The biggest no-no is you don't enter the lifestyle when your relationship is broken. It's meant to enhance, not fix. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, 100% agree. Yeah. And people can get into the lifestyle because, or alternative relationships, because they have sexual desires or behaviors and they get to finally be honest about it with everybody. They don't have to live in that shame because they're with like-minded individuals and like-minded partners. So that's always good too. Um, Oh, sexuality, they may be bisexual and they may not embrace that before. So that's one. Uh, to spice things up. Yeah. Discover one's sexuality a bit further. I know personally, I didn't know. I thought, you know, I thought I had good sex, but I didn't know what I didn't know. And the lifestyle has opened up my eyes to a lot of great sex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, I guess the final one, I guess would be like, they feel like they're missing out on something and these others that are in their life, part of their community, their tribe, so to speak, of their, their lifestyle tribe, they make them feel complete, make them feel whole. Mm. That's a big part for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so question number two. What are the differences between a boundary, an agreement, and a rule? Because they are not one and the same. They are not. And so this is where I would like everybody to write down the word boundary. A boundary concerns yourself. It's established really for the individual and their specific needs to gain emotional and physical safety within the relationship, right? Individuals create boundaries based on their needs, their wants, and their refusals. An agreement is a negotiation for all parties involved that discovers a common ground with every individual um, and their understanding of their desires and their needs. These can be renegotiated at any time and they are equivalent to consent, so to speak, but they are renegotiable. Finally, a rule, a rule is a take it or leave it type of mentality. It's meant to solve problems or to meet a need. Decisions the couple agrees to are based on their needs, wants, and refusals that may impact others. They're non-negotiable and these carry a penalty for breaking a rule. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. So what are some of the common boundaries and possible questions to ask yourself when creating your own boundaries? Absolutely. Oh man, that's a, 
That's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I'm smart sometimes. You are very smart sometimes. So I let me start with some, some common boundaries. Um, one that's really common is not being involved with secondary partners who, are, who aren't open and honest about everyone they're dating and having a sexual experience with or spending significant amount of time with. Maybe they're hiding something. So the boundary is I don't want you to be with somebody else who is not open and honest about the lifestyle. Another one is refraining from unprotected sex or un- unbarriered sex with partners who do not have the same standards as their sexual health, as you and your partners, um, those standards. Or their trust. Or their trust, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know, some questions to ask yourself is, what do I need from my partner, or what do, not, not even from my partner, excuse me, that was not what I meant to say, what do I need for myself to feel safe with my partner? What do I need in order to make sure that my boundaries, my needs are taken care of? Okay, I like that. All right, so I'm, I wrote these obviously in progression, right? Okay. So what is the best way to put together an agreement? Oh. Because what's an agreement and what does that even look like? Well, agreements are fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, they provide opportunities for growth and change within the individual and their relationships outside, secondary relationships or partnerships. When agreeing to something, one is saying that they will do or acknowledge or prove something that someone else has proposed or desired. So, you know, the agreement isn't, like I said, the negotiation for all parties who are involved. And it, it, it's definitely for everybody. Some common ones, a common boundary, or excuse me, an agreement is they may agree for one of them to spend the night with a secondary partner if the desire is requested in advance and everyone has time to discuss it. So if they want to spend the night with somebody, you know what, that's that's great, but we all have to sit down and discuss it first and, and make sure that we know where everybody's at. Another common agreement is if a couple is experiencing some sort of like issues in their primary relationship, they agree to not start new relationships with other people. They, they agree to work on themselves, their primary relationship first. Yeah. And then I guess another one would be uh, agreeing to openly discuss sex health, your sexual health and information and safe sex practices with all new partners that they, they get. Yes, yeah, so the really nice thing about that is technology's changed, so now you legitimately have medical apps mm-hmm. <clears throat> that connect play partners, um, and you invite people either by the phone number or by the email, the code, right? This, um, and you you take your test, go to a lab, take the test, and then automatically it uploads all the information for everyone to see. How do you know when a rule is a good idea? Well, rules are take it or leave it mentality, right? Mm-hmm. And rules are non-negotiable until they're negotiable again, and they are they carry some sort of penalty. So, I when you're trying to create rules. If you come up with something that you think is a rule, I want you to ask yourself, what is the purpose of this rule? What is, what is the purpose of it? What is it gonna serve? If it is put into place, would the rule serve its inter- intended purpose? Uh, I can't talk. Its intended purpose. There we go. If so, how? How is it gonna serve that purpose? And if not, can it be redefined or clarified? This is the time, this is the negotiation stage. 
So, and the rule is only foreseeable. Uh, is this rule the only foreseeable way to serve this purpose? If so, why? If not, are there other options or alternatives that could be put into place? Okay. Could you create an agreement instead of a rule type thing? Gotcha. On a funny note, when you got a little tongue tied there, mm-hmm. it would have been funny if you went and like re, 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 rewind. rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not that quick of a thinker. <laughs> I am Stephanie from the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and we're talking about how you can structure your relationship in a way that fits your needs, desires, and wants. So previously, Fox was asking me some questions, and now I'm going to be asking Fox some questions, and let's see how smart he is compared to how cute he is. I think you're pretty cute. That's why I'm not very smart. Oh, stop it. I don't believe that for one second. (laughs) All right, go ahead. Okay, so once you get your boundaries and your agreements and your rules laid out, what happens if you need to negotiate them? Hmm. Well, you set a fire in the middle of the house and you walk out. No, I'm kidding. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, you know, as as a society as a whole, mm-hmm. right, depending on where you live, uh, geographical locations, a lot of people are not taught how to negotiate difficult conversations or uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversations effectively, if they're taught at all. I know, you know, a large majority of our clients that, that come from those type of areas that you don't cause problems. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you don't bring up tough conversations because that's causing a problem. Yeah. And we don't do that, right? And what happens is because of this, a lot of us get defensive immediately. That's our first line of defense, right? <clears throat> is we shut down, we get defensive, mm. we, 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 battle, we battle back when sometimes there's no battle to be had. Right? Yeah. Uh, and this kind of behavior can end any type of relationship, right? Uh, especially an open relationship where communication... Integrity, trust, you know, honor, that those things are key to that relationship, working within that, those confines, that structure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and communication is one of the most critical elements of any relationship, hands down. This is going to be really, oh, <laughs> I guess, kind of long-winded. Um, we teach kind of a step-by-step process, and I, I want to I pull from that. Okay? Ah, so from the old knowledge bank. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Uh, so for those of you listening, again, please you know either record or download this episode, record this part, or you know start writing or typing whatever you want to do. Take notes. Yeah. So um, step one, okay, knowing what you will talk about <laughs> before uh, a problematic conversation arises in the first place, okay. And and what I mean by that is you have your boundaries, your agreements, and rules. Everything's been laid out, correct. But what about all of those? other details that might sidetrack you. Right? What about focusing on one issue at a time at hand mm-hmm. instead of being all over the place? A lot of times when we get very emotional, we get scatterbrained mm-hmm. and we don't stick to our topic. So de- determine the topic you're going to talk about beforehand or do the what if game, right? Or if, the, it, if this happens, then what? And go over all that stuff, hard stuff. Even, hey, if I cheat on you, then what? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we approach that? Do we end a relationship? Do we work it out? What you know, where do we lie with these things? Uh, and those aren't easy conversations to have. Um, Not at all. But I would create a topic list. You know, create the topic, create the possible resolution. Because mm-hmm. you know, just because you wrote a resolution when you were in love and happy with each other doesn't mean that's the same resolve when you're upset, right? Step two: be solution focused. 
All right. So after you determine the topic, create a list of possible solutions that you would like to explore with your partner about each topic. And what are those possible solutions that you can see Mm -hmm. that maybe they don't and vice versa? Uh, Maybe even blend some of your solutions together to create one, right? That way everyone feels validated or seen or or heard. Uh, Step three. So off the top of your head, um, and down on paper, okay? Or out of your head and mm-hmm. down on paper. Out of your right? head and down on paper. Once you have your topic and your list of possible solutions, now you need to phrase it in a way that your partner is going to understand and that you feel heard. Mm-hmm. It's got to be both, right? So this is a great place to use uh, a tool that we also teach called the iMessages and assertive statements. So it looks like this. You would write down on paper, you know, when you state their behavior... So write out the following sentences. When you, and state their behavior, right? So Mm -hmm. when you yell at me or raise your voice or turn your back or ignore me, I feel, and then use the three feeling words, Uh okay, which are? They could be anything. For me, I said maybe overwhelmed, unappreciated, unseen, Mm -hmm. those types of things. So use three feeling words, right? Mm -hmm. I feel X. And then because... And then explain why their be how you know why does their behavior make you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And then I would prefer. What would you like their behavior to be instead? Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> Absolutely. So when you do X, I feel like these three things because of this, and I would prefer if you did X. Did this right? instead? Yeah. I have a great example I had to use. Okay. This evening, if you want me to throw one out. Yeah, go for it. So, this is um. A common one. When you don't do something that you've promised me that you're going to do, it makes me feel unappreciated, it makes me feel unseen, and it makes me feel maybe unworthy of your time because I don't feel important to you in a way that you would possibly do things with somebody else. I would prefer that when you make promises, even if you can't hold true to them, that we discuss it and I'm not left feeling unappreciated. So that's what that looks like. Step number four. Right. So moving on from that, receiving negative feedback. Mm, So hard. Your message is not always going to be received. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. Sometimes it'll be positive, negative. Other times it'll be in the middle. So I want to paint a quick picture. Partner one might initiate a difficult conversation with partner two. But partner two might have feedback that they would like to share with partner one. This is not always easy. However, it's necessary for the growth of your relationship and to understand your partner. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, oh, I know everything about that person. Okay, you knew knew everything about that person a second ago. Yeah. And now another second ago. And now another second ago, right? Yeah, I get that. But you don't know what they're evolving into. And if they haven't told you they've changed, or maybe they don't even know for themselves, then how do you know everything about them? Mm -hmm. And so... That type of growth and understanding and patience is very, is a, you know, very positive. So you may not get the response that you want, right? Throughout mm-hmm. the conversation, you might find that you are incorrect, right? Uh, that's common too, mm-hmm. and it reflects on relationship growth if you're able to say, you know what? After seeing their side, I think I was wrong here. Right? Um, so putting down on paper or creating a list of negative feedback that your partner may have now. My suggestion, don't use it to attack. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. Maybe even put and use the I statements again. 
<laughs> you know. Um, and if it doesn't reflect directly off of something they do, okay, take the I sentence structure and warp it a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because the whole point of speaking in that fashion with those I messages is to get your point across, but not to attack the other person. You can be open, transparent, and direct without attacking them, okay? So step number five, um, and the last step, is mental prep, right? Mental preparation. So you're armed with your messages, how to do things, contracts, etc. right? Now you have to be open to have difficult conversations with your partner. Yeah. Right? Um, factor in nerves, fear of rejection, anxiety, judgment, etc. right? Some people stress themselves out just by having to have a conversation with, with somebody. You mm. used to be one of those people. I, I may, may <clears throat> resemble that remark. Yeah. Uh, our daughter was like that too. Mm-hmm. And now she's standing in front of state competitions giving presentations. Yeah. Right? So just remember, you're your own worst enemy. You usually create your own barriers, whether you want to admit that or not. Um, so list out your fears and your feelings uh, about having that conversation. Sometimes putting it down on paper is a really positive thing. Yeah, absolutely. If you want to take that a step further, put that in an envelope and hand it to your partner and say, please read this when I'm not around. This is how I feel about the conversation we're about to have. And maybe that'll change their dynamic and how they look at things, right? So something to remember with these five steps, you know, take care of yourself. (laughs) Take care of the you within yourself. You're going to be possibly in a very, you know, emotional state. Uh, Maybe a very difficult emotional state, right? Difficult conversations, I know for a lot of people, the first time, even even after negotiating, coming to terms, even sometimes after a play date, mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes, uh, especially for a lot of newbies, to hear their partner go, fuck that person's sexy, mm-hmm. or God, I would love to fuck them, or yeah. sleep with them, or be intimate, or, or you know, just share time with them. That, that could be hard, right? So sometimes you receive a lot of jealousy up front, right? So self-care is very important. Try and relax, you know, or do a favorite pastime, exercise, you know, that kind of stuff. Even eating healthy, right? Usually the first things that go is uh, um, hygiene mm-hmm. and eating. Mm-hmm. It's like the first two things that go out the door when someone is upset or depressed or stressed out or something like that. All right, so we're going to go ahead and turn this back around on Stephanie now. Uh, and I'm going to see if I can stump you on anything, honestly, <clears throat> because... She's a Nazi. I am not a Nazi. <laughs> like, I have to get my wins when I can because she she is as smart, if not smarter, than I am, uh, especially in this field. And <laughs> I can't spell for crap <laughs> or use. Uh, luckily, I have a bunch of spell checks and other stuff, so I get to get my wins when I can. All right. Lord. <clears throat> so are you ready for that? Absolutely. Okay. So there are many times um, that partners don't agree with each other. They don't agree with each other's lovers, maybe actions, etc. Maybe the, whole, the situation where they just have a bad feeling. So what can people do now to help mitigate that situation if it arises? And I'm not saying ignore it. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But mitigate, right? Whew. So I want to start off with veto agreements. And then I'm going to switch and go into a way that you can modify that. So veto agreements are a power to say no to potential secondary partners with no questions asked. 
but as with anything today, there are many optimists and naysayers, you know, that about the veto power. But the overwhelming majority, majority, boy, that was my Texas accent right there. The (laughs) overall majority majority feel, I guess, that veto agreements are really fundamental for success in ethical non-monogamy relationships or, you know, alternative style relationships, the lifestyle. But while they agree that they're necessary, they rarely use them. Veto agreements are when you say, I don't like your partner. I need you to break up with them. But what a veto doesn't take into, uh, I guess, consideration is how their partner feels. It doesn't take into uh, any kind of agreement or uh, consideration of uh, the other partner feelings. A common misconception about veto, uh, veto agreements is that the power, um, the partner who's secondary in the relationship is being vetoed and they have no choice in the matter. And the heartbroken partner has to either accept the veto agreement or break up with their primary partner. So those are all the things that, you know, if you are going to implement vetoes, and I think vetoes are healthy in the beginning, but I think that once you transition into permission or notification style relationship, veto agreements are... If you transition. If you transition, absolutely. You may never transition and that is okay. Permission style relationships, they are like... I'm asking my primary partner for permission to do something. They become that's like they become the gatekeepers of my secondary relationships. If the couple's dynamics have one person being the gatekeeper, then the permission model would work well for them, right? However, if the consensus in the relationship agree to the notification model, The notification model represents very well-defined boundaries, negotiated agreements, rigid rules within that relationship, and it solidifies that security and equity by trust each partner, by trusting each partner is going to do the right thing. Does that that Mm -hmm. answer your question? Yeah. Okay. All right. So last one. Okay. Under what circumstances do you feel is appropriate or necessary to use a veto agreement? I know you kind of spoke... A little bit to that earlier, but let's get a little bit more, right? Let's go in, in depth. Detail, yeah. Okay. So the key elements of a veto is that it's unilateral. That meaning that only one person needs to think there's a problem. And then once they think there's a problem, then it's binding. And that person exercises a veto. Who exercises the veto um, has a reason to believe that the other one will obey it, right? A veto moves the control, the central control, I guess, away from people in that particular relationship and it gives it to the third party. So if, let's say Fox is not happy with one of my partners and he calls a veto, then, you know, a veto would say, I'm supposed to break up with him no matter what and move on or her and move on no matter what. But what about that third person? Veto agreements don't take them into consideration. Vetoes promise really honestly the ultimate fallback. If a partner, if like if a partner's relationships become too difficult or their other lover is unlikable or jealousy becomes unbearable, a veto can just make it go away. But they're also like a nuclear weapon. They may keep the others in line, but their needs, their, I guess their use tends to forever alter the landscape of that relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So I do have an additional question mm-hmm. uh, because you've talked about some of the negative, right, to vetoes, mm-hmm. um, which 
I partially agree with you mm-hmm. if, right, the adapted relationship is at that level. Because there's going to be a lot of people that push back. And I can't blame them that say, well, hold on. This is our primary relationship. I could give a rat's ass about the other person if I think something's going on or they're untrustworthy or, mm-hmm. you know, there's something more than meets the eye here. Then I absolutely have the right to ask my partner to end that relationship <clears throat> without any questions or, you know, guilt or whatsoever. So how, how would you, you know, respond to those individuals, uh, you know, and then, right, to be fair on the other side, because there's there's in-depthness within certain, like, polyamory relationships mm-hmm. and just open relationships in general where you evolve so far that that type of ideology is almost insulting to both parties <clears throat> or all parties involved. Okay, I'm going to answer this kind of backwards. Veto agreements make people, well, let me rephrase that. Veto agreements puts the relationship over people, right? Um, It requires that the relationship be ended without consideration for what's healthy or beneficial to the people in it. So there are things, there's harm that can be done emotionally when we do the vetoes. However, on the flip side of that, vetoes agreement, veto agreements, excuse me, are very helpful for couples who are starting out in the lifestyle and it helps them feel secure. They helps them know that if all else fails, I can call veto and we go back to normal. It's when it's that safety that, that I think most couples, you're looking at me weird. Well, because I, I don't necessarily agree with you. Okay. I don't, you, the statement you're making really is, I don't know if there's any research back to support that because I wouldn't say it's helps best with new people. I would say it helps best with the people that enjoy that type of dynamic, that Absolutely. type of agreement versus consequence versus, you know, uh, contractual agreement to make them feel safe. And some people need that, right? We've mm-hmm. met clients who need that to keep themselves in line. If there's not an agreement, they're just going to wall out and do what they want and create a lot of damage. Okay. But if there's agreements, then they're going to follow that and they know exactly, you know, what is expected of them, etc. So what, what would you say to that? If you, if this is where you're at and this is where you're comfortable, then stay there. That's perfect. If you find that your growth has grown out of that for you and your relationship, then you renegotiate and you talk to your partner. It's, it's all about communication what's what's the the best thing for you and your partner or you and your partners um and so we negotiate and talk about everything all right so we need to head into a quick commercial break and when we return we will be discussing what a relationship contract is and how to build one effectively yes and efficiently efficiently Mm Now let's tell everybody about Topless Travel and the amazing trips that we have planned for next year. Absolutely. And you know um, Topless Travel um, provides the sexiest and most erotic vacations ever. Um, and, you know, you, you just simply have to book with them. We talk about it all the time from Hedonism 2 in Jamaica, Desire in Cancun, and all the Bliss Cruise experiences. 
Topless travel just absolutely needs to be your number one choice. Their trips and adventures are all about the people and the sexy fun experiences that they have. So let's shout out to their exclusive sexy host couples, including Party Mark, who are there to ensure that you have one hell of a sexy vacation. Yeah, and you know, we go on lots of the topless travel trips and listen up. We are going to be back at Hedonism 2 for another sexy silver event from February 25th to March 4th, 2023. We would love that if you join us there and um, listen to this in 2024 yep I'm already talking about 2024 topless travelers putting together not one but two bucket list trips from which we'll be broadcasting live uh, the first one is March 2nd to 13th 2024 where we'll be exploring exploring the ancient pyramids of Egypt followed by a seven-day riverboat cruise down the Nile in Jordan and the second trip, we're going to be heading to Kenya for an African safari to witness the Great Migration. A little bit like glamping in the wild. From September 2nd to the 11th, 2024. Now on both these trips, space is super limited. Um, we're sold out at about 70%. So, so if you don't want to miss these amazing adventures with your like-minded friends, then go and book your rooms today. For more information about these trips or any of the topless travel events, Go to sexylifestyle.com and click on the topless travel events link to book the sexiest and most erotic vacation ever. And also, let's just remind everyone that if you're looking for an online, open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area, simply join sdc.com and use promo code 30314 for your first month free. All right, guys, we are back. This is Stephanie from the Evolve Your Intimacy podcast, and we are talking about how we can use all this information that we've kind of been speaking previously about to create a relationship contract. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask, I want you to talk to us, what are relationship contracts and how do they benefit a relationship? Uh, yeah, so a relationship contract, first I want to point out, it's it's it can be a legal document. I mean, there are legitimate people that use it as a legal document, um, but its origination, what it was originally intended for, it was not that, mm -hmm. right? But it is a tool that is um, can really help you navigate uh, a relationship in a really healthy manner. Creating a relationship contract is a helpful exercise for couples to explore. Uh, you know, it helps them explore their desires, their needs, their their hard limits, right? Mm -hmm. Hard no's, uh, maybe their hell yeses. Hell their, yeah. Uh, some of their goals, and really also helps with communication, right? Um, for many, creating a relationship contract solidifies their bond, right? It limits miscommunication, misunderstandings, and it provides really good framework on navigating issues that arise. Mm -hmm. right? um, so here, let me provide some positive ground rules that um, you know we suggest you establish with yourself before creating a relationship contract. Okay, this is, we put a lot of this information out to a lot of our, our new clients, right? Mm -hmm. um, so first, the relationship contract will not make your relationship perfect. Remember that, right? This is not intended to make anything perfect, make anything 100%. Uh, people are people, mm -hmm. humans are humans, we error. Uh, we do things sometimes without thinking and hurt people, etc. you know. Shit happens. Shit happens. Right? So just understand that even by creating this contract, will it will it probably help? Absolutely. Is it a great tool? 100%. 100%. Right? But nothing can be perfect. So 
an, the next, it does not provide a guarantee of any sort, right? The only guarantee you have is the integrity of the person that is agreeing to the agreement in the first place. So if the person doesn't hold integrity, well then that, that agreement is worthless to begin with, right? Uh, so make sure the person you're going to the agreement with, you trust them, right, wholeheartedly, uh, and, and make sure you understand. Don't go into this blind or naively going, okay, well, we have an agreement, so therefore nothing can ever go wrong, because it yeah. can. Um, the next thing is this agreement should never be weaponized. It shouldn't be used as a tool of attack, right? Explanation, resolve, sure. Attack, no. Yeah. You start throwing an agreement in someone's face or threatening them with it, well, there is no agreement. All that, all that goes. All that goes out the window. Yep, it's all out the window, right? Agreements are meant as an agreement. There is no agreement when one person is threatening another. Yeah. Okay. That's called coercion. Yeah. Uh, the next one. There will be issues that arise that are not covered in the contract. It's going to happen. Uh, our relationships evolve, our needs evolve, our desires evolve, other people evolve, the world outside evolves, okay? We can't think of every single possible scenario and every single solution, mm. right? And even if we did, that would be, I don't know. I don't know. An over-exaggeration. But I've probably, seen a lot and I can't think of everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, probably millions of pages in that contract. Oh, man. Right, yeah. something like that, right? So, um, the next thing, the contract... It's a living document, ladies and gentlemen. It can be negotiated, modified, changed, deleted, restructured, what have you, as the need arises. Mm -hmm. That need should meet both of you, though. Okay, because again, it's an agreement. You are agreeing to something with another person. Um, another one, the relationship contract, it, it can't be used to justify bad behavior after the fact. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, oh, well, our contract didn't say that or, you know, I misunderstood or, you know, what have you. Like, these are just excuses that people, are, they're trying to take the weight of their actions and throw it on to something else and deflect, right? I had that used tonight, actually. <clears throat> Did you? Yeah. With one of your clients? One of my, my, yeah. my couples, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, an agreement is agreement. You're agreeing to something, right? Uh, so it's not a... Uh, get out of free jail card. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that, that's about it. That's all I got on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would like to add um, that while these contracts, they're, they're very structured and they're very helpful. They're great, great, great for newbies. Um, well, or structured people. Or structured people. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. I give it to all my couples, but it, they're specifically wonderful for newbies who are just trying to figure out their their path so newer really and then, and then no i say that and then it's like well See, there you go going after newbies again no i say that but then i'm like well you know even people who have been in that lifestyle really needs the relationship contract so i'm just gonna say everybody needs a damn contract there you go thanks <laughs> It's okay. I understand why you're doing that. We just got back from our newbies retreat, so everything was newbie oriented. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I understand. Sometimes it's hard to get out of that headspace once you've been in it for over a week. <laughs> so, yeah. all right. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. uh, probably our last question because we're coming to an end here. Using all this information that people have learned today, how can they create their own relationship contract, one that's effective and that works? Well. One way is to attend our newbie retreat, <laughs> where you can where you're going to create the full relationship contract and so much more. 
Um, if you honestly, I you know what I'm going to throw this out there and follow this guide, this podcast. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, if if you want to receive your own copy of the relationship contract that I created, um, I would like for you to like us on Facebook and Twitter. Just like us on Facebook and Twitter, and then email us letting know letting us know that you liked us. And what we'll do is we'll confirm it, and then we'll email you the relationship contract. Please don't email us. Please tag us or something in it. Oh, okay. It makes tag it us? so much easier. Yeah. Perfect. If you tag us or send us a direct message, uh, you can do that pretty much on every. And you do get yeah. all the emails. Yeah, don't send me emails. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, but I get it. Um, um, so another thing you can do is, you know, just make sure that you, communication is key. Mm-hmm. Integrity is key. Honesty with yourself is key. If you don't have those three things, um, then honestly, you're wasting your time. Listening to this, writing down anything on paper, agreeing on anything, because you don't, you are not in a place yet if you don't have those three things intact to agree and promise anything to anybody. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. <clears throat> well, Stephanie, let's go ahead and recap what's going on I, with this. I feel like you're using my accent against me, and I... I don't know what you mean. I, I don't like appreciate that. I sound like that all you the time. You do not. So I would like to really recap just a little bit of everything, right? I want to start with the differences between the three, the boundary agreement and rule. A boundary concerns you and is established for you and your needs. An agreement is for all parties and it can be renegotiated at any time and it's for everybody to have supported desires and needs. And a rule is a hard take it or leave it mentality where the penalties are uh, given and there's it's not negotiable, right? I want to further (laughs) I want to go ahead and, and give you the how to negotiate that. So step one is to determine the topic. Figure it out before the problematic conversation, right? Number two is be solution focused. What are the possible solutions that you can see? Go with it armed. Number three, step three is to get it out of your head and down on paper using the iMessages. If you uh, actually, if you like and tag us on Facebook and Twitter, we'll send you iMessages and this the chart that I give everybody. Those are a great way to start as well. Also evaluate how you are going to receive negative feedback because not all feedback is going to be positive. So list any negative feedback that your partner may have so you can start to prepare yourself for accepting that. Mentally prepare, list out all of your fears about this conversation because if you get it out of your head and down on paper, they're not lingering in there. And also take care of yourself. Think of some self-care things that you can do to help yourself feel better after a very hard conversation. Really recap over permission versus notification. Permission is where you ask, hey, I would like to do this. Are you okay with that? Notification is where you say something to the effect of, I'm going to do this. I wanted to tell you that I'm going to do this. The the notification model is based on well-defined boundaries, negotiated agreements, and some really rigid rules that keeps everybody in place. Oh, a veto agreement is the ability to say no to your partner's potential play partner or partners. There's some positive and negatives to both of those, to the veto agreements, being able to have that and exercise it. It can create some definite um, structure if, if that's what you need or you know whatever you need, we can create it. Really, honestly, I guess the last thing is the relationship contract. It will, it will keep everything linear and a lot of times we get on the squiggly path of all of our emotions 
And so this is when we are emotion, your emotion will override your logic every time. And this is your, your logical guide to help you stay logical in emotional situations. What I want you to think about is this is a contract, like it's with respect and trust and communication and honor. These agreements about consensual consensual non-monogamy make everything that we expect from our relationships and our partners very, very, very explicit. A relationship contract is going to outline every party, what they're agreeing on in order to make sure that their needs are getting met, what they need, what they, what the refusals are, what their hard limits are. And then many couples decide what places they may or may not be off limits for taking dates, partners, sexual, you know, romantic getaways and all of that. So all of that is included in your relationship contract. The areas that I want to hit are safety. One area to consider in your contract is sexual safety. What that can include are your expectations when it comes to protection, your partner's regular testing and your regular testing, and if you're still fertile, birth control. Some consider this a a great place to start because monogamous couples, 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 non-monogamous couples, we all have that experience with this topic. We've all talked about safety in some way. So this area of your contract might discuss STD, STI testing, forms of contraceptive like birth control, barriers, dental dams, all of that. It's crucial to understand what you and your partner's personal limits are. This might also be a great opportunity to create a safe word if you need one. Um, This word can be used during sexual play, when you're interacting and socializing with new people, or even discussing a romantic interaction that's taking place outside of your primary relationship. The use of the safe word can also be something that instantly recognizes as a moment to stop and to discuss any further action after that, okay? If you're getting flooded with emotion, if you know the impact play is too hard, whatever you're feeling, you can um, call that safety word, right? So let's also talk about in your safety contract, or your, excuse me, your relationship contract, your physical limits. Regardless of your gender, your sexual orientation, your kinks, your non-monogamous situations will always push your boundaries at one time or another. Okay, I shouldn't say always, but they will push your boundaries at one time or another. And taking the time to really step back and understand your limits can prevent you from, you know, crying on the bathroom floor or turning into an emotional whirlwind, becoming a Stephanie, pretty much. Ask yourself, like, honestly, what are your hard no's? What are your definite not okays? Then ask your partner, what are their hard no's? And I want you to both visualize such scenarios in which your partner's with another person. What might you feel when you saw your partner hug somebody or touch somebody sexually? Over time, with like more and more experience, you may renegotiate and expand your comfort level, which that's good. You, you, we want you to grow. But it's always important that you try to be as realistic as possible. If the idea of your partner kissing someone gives you anxiety, Don't just assume that you'll get over it and as they're kissing someone in the playroom that you're just going to be fine with it. So that's that's something that you can add to your physical limits. Also, your emotional boundaries. We're going to get into that a little bit. This may be probably one of the hardest conversations for you to have with your with your partners Um, and also kind of admitting it to yourself if you want to be completely honest. What is the emotional line 
that would ruin what you currently have if it were crossed? That's the question I want you to answer. I'll say it again. What is the emotional line that would ruin what you currently have if it were crossed? For many you know, who are polyamorous or the idea of sleeping with someone who treats them as nothing more than an object you know, for sexual gratification, you know, that's a complete deal breaker. For others within consensual non-monogamy relationships, like particular places, activities, or form of contract, excuse me, form of contact, I'm talking about a relationship contract, and so it keeps coming out, and communication are unequivocally off limits. So the chances that you and your partner disagree on these boundaries is probably likely, but that's when we negotiate. That's when you go back and you negotiate, like Fox was telling you earlier. Negotiate, communicate always have this open dialogue that's going. It's not going to be comfortable, but emotional boundaries aren't supposed to be comfortable because you need to grow through them, grow with them, not just past them or stop where you're at. So for one couple, if it's important for them to only communicate like through group messages um, that include all of the individual, all of the individuals from outside of the existing relationship, um, they would discuss the potential for all impact of, you know, branching off into different one-on-one conversations. Oh, another example for emotional boundaries might be wanting disclosure whenever your partner's had sex. For this couple, one member might request that the other keep it all the feelings to themselves in order to protect an emotional outburst. It's all, it's about you. What do you need? What do you need personally? That's a boundary, right? And who to tell regarding privacy, a discussion about who to tell family, coworkers, friends, or no one at all should be a pointed discussion in your contract. Some members of a couple or a thruple or a group of polyamorous family may be uncomfortable with the idea of others knowing and this aspect of, of your relationship. So you have to keep that secure. So you're maintaining the safety and emotional safety for your partner. If you have children, it's important to make decisions together as a couple to tell them or not tell them. And also when. Some parents, they wait till their children are adults to tell them. Others choose to have open and honest conversations about it. Whatever you choose, that's your decision. Stand by it and go with it. Whatever is decided by you and your partner, it's important that you both are on the same page. This is one topic that cannot be taken back. Once it's out there, it's out there. If you're a private person or you have concerns about, you know, non-monogamous relationships or anything, how it might impact your career, your social life, your religious affiliations, you know, do you keep it secret? Is it safe for you to tell? These are all things you have to talk about. Creating a sense of community is imperative to your healthy relationship. I know I'm seeing it a lot tonight. And there are ways for you to do it in public or in private. So that's a negotiation that you need to talk about. Whenever you and your partner actually talk about this topic, because it is a hard one, make sure you discuss this before you accidentally announce that you're um, partaking, partaking in some extracurricular sexual activities during the family dinner, because I've had some clients that that's happened to. I want you to talk about who not to see, who is off limits to pursue in a relationship. These are rules, um, maybe no exes, maybe no close mutual friends, no coworkers, no one night stands, or some people only want one night stands. Maybe some, a partner doesn't want 
um, their partner sleeping with somebody that they have not met. This is, this is all in that development. It's discussing who is completely off limits or deal breakers has to be in that contract. I do want to throw in there that in most cases, jealousy is the rule and not the exception. So experts on ethical monogamy talk about how monogamous commitments aren't force fields that protect one from jealousy. Jealousy is, an, is, is a universal emotion that's going to transcend the relationship, right? So take a, a greater look. If you feel like you're, you are going to be jealous of your partner being with a blonde haired blue eyed woman, well then tell him or tell her or them. And maybe that's a hard no for right now. It may always be your hard no, or you may grow past it. And that's the beauty of the lifestyle. It's absolutely beautiful. I like that. Thanks. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Well, what do we have coming up? Um, we have, let's see. So I know on December 15th, mm -hmm. um, at 1900 hours or 7 PM central standard time, mm -hmm. we will be live on stc.com, um, doing our free Q and a question and answer based off of sexuality, right? So anything related to <clears throat> sex, such education, relationships, intimacy, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. If you are not part of SDC.com, that's okay. Go to our website, EvolveYourIntimacy.com. Go to the fun tab. Go to the dating websites. Yep. We have affiliations with all of them. You can sign up for free. It doesn't cost you a dime. If you like it, stick around. Pay a one-time fee annually. And now you're a permanent member forever or pay month to month. It's up to you, right? Mm -hmm. um, but you get to try before you buy. You do. You get to try before you buy, and that's the nice. That's the really nice part. Okay. Uh, once you become a member, you just go to the live cams, find Evolve Your Intimacy, and we will be live. Normally, we do it the first Thursday of every month, but the internet company in our area and a big <laughs> storm that came in decided that we were not going to have internet for two days straight, so there's nothing that we could do. So, uh, in three days, December 15th, uh, stc.com, we'll be live. Yeah. What else is going on? We have some really fun interviews coming up. I'm not going to say their names yet we'll release them when we get everything confirmed but there are some really good ones coming up yeah uh so additionally too if you were on bliss cruise yeah. and you were in one of our workshops or met us or in one of our play shops or I don't, whatever if just you were just on us, bliss cruise in yeah. november uh and you know you liked us please contact bliss cruise and let them know mm -hmm. it was our very first time uh i'm going to exaggerate but it's just funny because i'm like that i like to joke around we were fighting for our lives, meaning we were invited for the very first time, and it was a, a definitely a make-it-or-break-it situation, uh, and we hope that we um, definitely undersold and overproduced. Perfect. <clears throat> yep. Also, we have our retreats coming up. Um, if you're interested in doing some reconnection retreats, maybe a newbie retreat, or if there's been some infidelity in your, in your relationship, an infidelity retreat, you can go to our website, evolveyourintimacy.com, go to Sorry, services sense. and retreats, and it tells you all about them. If you were on Bliss Cruise in November, there is a special treat for you. Mm -hmm. You get a 15% discount. I just need you to email me. Your last name and cabin number. Yep, your last name or full name and cabin number. Mm -hmm. And after I verify that, I will send you your information for your 15% uh, discount. That's right. So <clears throat> our 
couples reconnection retreat is in Fredericksburg. Is so all of these are in Fredericksburg, Texas? Yes. Which is wine country slash wedding central. Ca- it's wedding beautiful. central. Yeah. Um, so it is the couples reconnection retreat, February sixteenth to the nineteenth. Uh, and you can go on the website, read all about that. Okay, you guys will be staying at the Barings Creek, right there on the creek, from what I understand. You'll be getting wine tours, couple massages, all sorts of good fun stuff. And you'll be getting 15 hours of intensive couples therapy mm-hmm. um, that really reconnects you guys. So don't let that word intensive scare yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's group. I, you will have an individual session with me, mm-hmm. but mainly it's, it's group work. So then May 25th through the 28th of 2023, right? They are, we are going to be having an alternative relationship newbies boot camp retreat where you're going to learn to navigate the lifestyle safely, lovingly, and emotionally safe mm, overall. Absolutely. Okay? Not to say there still won't be mistakes because they will, um, but we're going to provide you a ton of tools, uh, both in handouts. Oh, they're, they're and, walking away with so much. Yeah, you're walking away Books. with a lot of different stuff. Uh, I think gift baskets, etc. All sorts of stuff, right? Uh, and then the Infidelity Recovery Retreat, which is July 20th through the 23rd. Obviously is all about, you know, infidelity occurred and how to reconnect, fall back in love with your partner and, and mitigating get past it, right? Um, so July 20th through the 23rd. And just because when the lifestyle... Or just because you're monogamous, right? Because these retreats are for anyone and everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean there can't be infidelity. It does occur. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, that's pretty much it for us, right? Yeah. We don't have anything else really going on new. Uh, we know that uh, we are currently in the process of determining if we're going to continue the podcast on this frequency, right? Um, so if you do like the content we provide out and put out there, uh, please go download, like, let us know, send us an email, what have you. We're using the next probably three to six months to judge if we're going to continue uh, a next season after this. Mm-hmm. If not, we will just continue hosting, or I guess co-hosting, co-hosting. Um, once a month currently for the Sexy Lifestyle uh, with Carol and David. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, have a good night. And good night, guys. All right. All right, friends, tune in again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, sexual health, and, of course, pleasure. Oh, and all the fun ways that you can spice up your sex life. Well, that's it for our show today. On behalf of Carol and David, we are Stephanie and Fox from Evolve Your Intimacy, sending you lots of love and great sex. Please stay safe, and, of course, stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever.